When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody, welcome to the Road to Roll Football Show. I am Patrick Darden, joined this NFL trade deadline Tuesday by Mr. Denny Carter. We're going to get to all the explosive action that's gone down as of 2.15 p.m. Eastern. Huge stuff like a Josh Dobbs pick swap. But uh, Josh Dobbs is now in the Minnesota Vikings, Denny Carter. Some more news could break during the show. We will try to get to that. If we can't get to it today, we'll get to it on Thursday's preview episode. We're going to break down Monday Night Football, where Jimmy Garoppolo retired in real time on the field. Uh, one of the more dispiriting athletic performances I've ever seen in the history of human competition. Uh, Leonard Fournette on the Bills practice squad. Matthew Stafford's hurt. Will Levis is instantly better than Ryan Tannehill. Jonathan Taylor, weirdness in Indy. Kyler Murray, weirdness in Arizona. A lot to talk about today. Denny, I, I talked about stunning trades. Uh, overnight, I woke up to the news. or I didn't, I didn't wake up overnight. I woke up <laughs> to the overnight news yeah. that um, – James Harden, the latest team where it might work for us, oh, the yeah. LA Clippers. James Harden's fire for the game. I know you think this shines through everything he does. What do you, what do you think of James Harden finding yet another new home in the National Basketball Association? Look, say what you will about James Harden, uh, but we know this for sure. He doesn't want to be around anymore. And, and, <laughs> so I was hoping you would go there. <laughs> you know, and so he found a new place to not want to be around. You know, yeah. and, and uh, so congratulations to the Clippers on losing in the second round of the playoffs. And it, like you said, in a four to one, uh, maybe even a sweep, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. That'll be four one. Cause it'll, the other team will be up three Oh, and then some guy will like sprain his ring finger yeah. on the rest of the game and the clips will steal one. So, yeah, I mean, they, you know, any team that has James Harden, James Harden, you know, you can eliminate from championship contention. Yeah, so if I were James Harden, I would consider being happy just once. Just once. Just one time ever. And I mean, I, it, the it, player it, empowerment era, uh, you know, you have a right to force a trade, I guess, whatever. But maybe just be happy one time ever. I, I think one thing you're forgetting, though, is that he was good 10 years ago. It was more recent than that. I, I mean, you know, teams teams look at recent trends, including 10 years ago when James Harden was good. Oh, come on, man. They, if they could have made just one three-pointer, I believe in the 2018 Western Conference Finals, they would have defeated the Golden State Warriors. One of the more haunting games I've ever seen. Actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I do. I do recall that. But, yeah, I, I actually don't. I can't think of a worse teammate than James Harden. And it, it, it is hard to think. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. But I don't care yeah. what anyone said. Oh, no, he gives to charity. I, okay, like, that's fine. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever you're going to say to boost him as a person, that's fine. But, man, he's toxic for a team. D- Denny's heard of charity. Denny has definitely Googled charities before. I, I just did uh, before the show. Sure, he's never given to one ever. Yeah. But... Uh, no, he has. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Uh, in Maryland, you can't uh, count that against your taxes. Didn't even give me the shirt off his back. Although not that <laughs> shirt. 
<laughs> you don't want my Halloween shirt? By the way, happy Halloween to the folks. Thank you. Do you have any costume ideas? Last second costume ideas? My kids are gravely disappointed that daddy is not planning to dress up. Oh, come on, man. Do uh, You don't have anything like in storage? I think I'm going to be a St. Louis City SC soccer player. That's that's low T. It's pretty. It's about as I have a Sam Bradford Rams jersey. Oh, uh, yeah. So put that on and say I'm going as the ghost of uh, the St. Louis Rams. Oh, all right. There you go. Uh, the ghost of the Minnesota Vikings, Denny. Am I right? Uh, I was trying to segue. Didn't work. Well, maybe not as much now, but go ahead. Not as much now, but a lot to talk about in the, the post-Kirk Cousins era for the Vikings. They were one of the fantasy teams of the year, even though it's Kirk Cousins. Uh, Mr. Kirk takes all the flack, but he was supporting – a wide receiver one every week. He was supporting a top three tight end every week. He was supporting some ancillary players every week. He was bringing home the fantasy yeah. bacon. Yes. Real big loss. His loss is bigger than like his weekly QB ranking was. If that That's makes right. sense. Like the QB nine to 12 in any given week, but he was supporting so much more. He was producing standalone va- fantasy value, but he was producing so much more value for other players. He's gone. It's one of the biggest fantasy injuries that could have happened. Uh, right. What do you think are like the knock-on effects for the Vikings offense? We'll get to the Vikings acquiring Josh Dobbs in just a second. You can maybe talk about that in this answer. But I feel like in the post-Cousins era, there's not going to be all these winners. Like It's going to be kind of like Hunger Games between like Jordan Addison, between TJ Hawkinson, between Justin Jefferson, if he even comes back. like When he comes back, the Justin Jefferson thing, that's like another variable now. Like He's not going to be – he already said he wasn't going to be rushing back at a Kirk. Can't imagine he's yeah. rushed up now. Do you think more than one player can like maintain anywhere close to their current pace, or is it going to be like winner take all between Jordan Addison and T.J. Hawkinson? <laughs> well, I, I would I would have to say it's it's probably going to be Hawkinson just because of the kind kinds of targets he sees. You know, six yards down the field, he catches it and falls directly to the turf. So uh, I, I I would say Hawkinson is the 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 lead the lead candidate to continue being a scam for PPR purposes. Addison takes a huge hit, really quite devastating to all my fantasy teams. Um, and uh, as for Jefferson, I mean, look, I, I know Vikings fans get really upset about this, but if things really uh, fall apart here and they, they lose several games in a row, I mean, why? why? Why would he be rushed back? Why would he come back at all, honestly, this season? I, I think that there's still a chance that we we don't see him. Am I off there? No, no, and at least not if he doesn't get paid. If he doesn't get paid, they don't extend him, which now the Vikings are at a franchise crossroads because they have absolutely no idea who their quarterback's going to be next season. Even if they re-sign Kirk Cousins, I don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. Next year he probably would be, but they have like so much soul-searching to do. And no way Justin Jefferson is back after the minimum four games. There's absolutely no way. No, that's not he, he's going to survey the lay of the land. Maybe they'll decide that it's a good time. To, part of the reset will be making Justin Jefferson the franchise player. I could see a deal happening this fall, but it's definitely within the range of outcomes that Justin Jefferson doesn't play again. But I don't know. If, if Justin Jefferson does get healthy, it's very hard for these competitive guys to just like sit out. Like I doubt he would sit out the rest of the year, right. but I don't think he'll be back in the minimum four games, which he's already coming up on. And uh, it's just so many moving parts, including how I, I don't I don't think Jaron Hall. I don't even think Jaron Hall is going to start week nine, to be honest. 
I think they're going to just throw Josh Dobbs into the fire. Like he's done it before. Yeah, I mean, who cares if he doesn't know the system? He's played NFL football before. He's not a fifth, twenty-five year old fifth round rookie out of BYU. Uh, I I could be wrong there. Do you who do you do who do you think is going to start for the Vikings this week? Josh Dobbs or Jaron Hall? It'll probably be Dobbs. I mean, Dobbs was thrown into the fire uh, with the uh, Titans last year after signing. I think forty-eight hours before kickoff, he then started and and uh, he did well, if I remember correctly. Um, so I, I I would guess it's Dobbs. Look, Dobbs provided the you know some fantasy value for the tight ends in in Arizona for sometimes the receivers, including Marquise Brown, including Michael Wilson. So he can facilitate, not to the level of Kirk Cousins. And you're right about Cousins. The the loss is not so much oh oh no, what am I going to do? I can't start Kirk Cousins anymore. The loss is his ability to distribute to keep, to maintain a super, super pass heavy offense uh, and, and to, and to boost value for Addison, for Osborne, for Hawkinson, for everybody, for Jefferson when he's in there. Uh, but that's, and with that gone, it's a, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge issue for, I think everybody, but Hawkinson. I will say Dobbs is a fairly good outcome. Not the, yeah. we can't overrate Josh Dobbs on like really what amounted to like three to four good games for the Cardinals. Like, he he's the kind of player he's graded on such a curve that we could probably overestimate how good he actually was for the Cardinals, where he was still a bottom five quarterback. But I think maybe he can keep both Addison and Hawkinson at least relevant. Like I don't think I'm going to be dropping Addison outside the top thirty six. So I think he'll remain a, a, a wide receiver three. Hawkinson probably goes down to like that seven to eight range for now. Yeah. His role maybe will just stay the same. Like, like, listen, dude, your job is to just throw to TJ Hawkinson 12 times a game. And like you said, he can – that's that's a, a mission he can implement – or I can't give my – He can my accomplish that, yeah. He can accomplish that mission. We saw him accomplish that mission with Zach Ertz. And TJ Hawkinson is nothing if not a rich man, Zach Ertz. And McBride this past week. McBride peppers McBride 40% target share for McBride. So way, way better outcome than Jaron Hall would have been. Better outcome than Nick Mullins probably would have been. And that maybe the party isn't totally Jover in Minnesota. I agree. But uh, it's uh, nowhere near as good as it was with Kirk Cousins, though. And Kirk, tell you what, uh, easy guy to focus on the negative. But uh, we're going to miss him when he's gone. We are. We are going to miss him. Big my article on Monday, we're going to – Gonna miss that guy when he's gone. I took Kirk Cousins for granted, and sure, I never once regretted taking him for granted. But uh, we are gonna miss him <laughs> when he's gone, which is now. The rest of the season, we'll be briefly gone. We'll be right back after this. Two of the NFL's best quarterbacks face off this week on Sunday night. Don't miss Josh Allen and the Bills facing off against Joe Burrow and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Coverage of the AFC clash begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget. Find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Bills and Bengals fans really hate each other now, by the way. Yeah. What happened last Yeah, they got all – remember, there was like the wars of the fan base after the suspended game last year, and the Bengals, like, we would have been the number one seed if that game had actually been played. Uh, and the Bills, you know, correctly pointing out, like, oh, listen, man, couldn't really play that game. And uh, maybe you should be so upset about it. 
And but there, this is like a huge grudge match now. It's gonna be an amazing game on Sunday Night Football. I, I, well, the thank goodness that a, a near tragedy didn't bring two fan bases together. I'm just I know it, I don't know if you remember it decisively did not bring the fan bases together. It was really bad. It was actually kind of a low moment. Always but, always bank on that. Yeah, yeah, you can always bank on the sports fans finding the goodness in their heart. Denny Monday Night Football, very very weird game last night. Uh, it was a total beatdown. The Lions 26, Raiders 14, but only 12 points. The Lions really not sure how they didn't have 30 points, 40 right. points. Uh, almost concerning in some regards for the Lions. Probably not. But uh, Raiders looked yeah. so, 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 so bad. Someone who looked so, 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 so good, though, was Jameer Gibbs. I think 189 yards from scrimmage. Uh, blew up the box score. Acing the eye test. Looked so shifty, so explosive. Now they're heading on by, though. David Montgomery will probably be back in week 10. And just what are realistic expectations for Jameer Gibbs going forward after his breakout, but is what is a change of pace role whenever David Montgomery is healthy? Yeah, look, I, I, I don't love to be the guy who says you got to adjust your expectations, but you got to adjust them because – David Montgomery is not going to come back and, you know, hold the proverbial clipboard for, for yeah. Jameer Gibbs. Um, it, it could be as bad as Gibbs just going back to his former role. And I know that the common sense would say like, no, like the genie's out of the bottle. You can't, you can't put this back. Okay. Meaning the genie, meaning, meaning Gibbs. It's a very complicated Always trying to put genies in bottles. It is very, very hard. The toothpaste back into the the tube, things of that nature. So, uh, but you you can't do that. Well, Dan Campbell can do that, and and I think that that there's a chance that he will. So, you know, you enjoyed Gibbs last couple weeks. That's been awesome. Uh, But I think Montgomery will be the lead back when he when he returns. Montgomery he voided injured reserve. It's quote only a ribs injury. He's got the week off, even if he's still not 100%. He's probably going to wear, you know, a flak jacket for week 10. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to be the total worst case scenario where it's like pure change of pace work for Jameer Gibbs. But there's just no way that like the the high value, like short yardage touches are not going to David Montgomery. I'm sure they'll rationalize it by, well, we don't want Jameer Gibbs to get hurt. He's a smaller guy. He's an explosive guy. We don't want it, which I guess you could make a valid argument that he shouldn't be taking those hits. But there, there's no way that, like, yeah, like the genie's out of the bottle and David Montgomery is now the 1B. And the, I think yeah, David okay. Montgomery still, it's, there may be converging more to almost 50 50 status, but I do think David Montgomery will still be the 1A against the Chargers in week 10. And Jameer Gibbs will be an enhanced 1B. And uh, by the way, uh, Jameer Gibbs over the last two weeks uh, leading the league in yards after contact per rush. So really, really has been quite good. So Jameer Gibbs aced the eye test. Jimmy Garoppolo, man. I mean, Ugh. probably the worst quarterback performance I've seen all year by an established quarterback, like throwing out like the Tyson Bajan. So the Tyson Bajan has been better than Jimmy Garoppolo was last night. But amongst like established, like paid starting quarterbacks, it you can't really be worse than what Jimmy Garoppolo was last night. And maybe he's not healthy, uh, something, but seemed totally disinterested in playing quarterback. Ten completions, one completion to Devontae Adams for 11 yards, one completion for 19 yards to Jacoby Myers. The game's on the line, and 
he basically was just standing there taking sacks. Yeah. Almost like Tom Savage for the Texans back in the day. <laughs> like just took the snap, kind of like ambled backwards and was like, all right. Just, like he's <laughs> like letting the waves take him. <laughs> just, like uh, just hit me. the wildfire overcome. So just take me, man. Just take, I'm, I'm done. Just take me. And it, it really was, was something. shockingly pathetic. The bad enough to be like, what? This is, I mean, there's probably not an answer. Like, what do we do with Devontae Adams? What do we do with Josh Jacobs? What do we do with Jacoby? Are they, is Jacoby Myers still startable? Yeah. Is Devontae Adams, can he possibly remain in the top 12? What do you say about the Raiders' offense? I think it, it would be good if they could have a dog level transplant for Jimmy Garoppolo. Take maybe some of Devontae Adams' dog and give it to Jimmy Garoppolo because we we're seeing very little dog. So I actually looked up the week eight uh, uh, kind of advanced quarterback stats. Um, and uh, Garoppolo was 34th out of 35 qualifying quarterbacks in completion rate over expected, minus 17.5%. Um, I just needed to share this with, with the folks. Tommy DeVito uh, in, in relief was 35th overall out of 35 quarterbacks, minus 48%. He was 48% under his expected completion wow. rate. <laughs> so anyway, I had to share that. But yeah, uh, Garoppolo... I think has reached the the level where there is concern for Myers and Adams. And, that, and that's weird to say because this is such a tightly condensed passing offense. Everything goes to these two guys, to Myers and Adams. In fact, they they're tied for the NFL lead in green zone targets. They each have nine. No one else has nine. They, wow. they lead the, together. That so we so know true. where the ball's going. But the but the but but the expected fantasy points are not being converted into real fantasy points. We are not being able to feed our children on what Jimmy Garoppolo is is giving us. Uh, so I do think that there is concern. But what are you going to do? Like you got to start these guys. I I will say Josh McDaniels kind of left the door ajar to benching Jimmy Garoppolo, and yeah. they would undoubtedly spin it as health related, and maybe it actually is health because the guy just wasn't moving. He just didn't seem interested in moving against the Lions, like. Uh, so maybe he actually is hurt. Uh, his soul is definitely hurt. And uh, would Jimmy Grabble getting benched for Aiden O'Connell say, would, would that enhance Devontae Adams' outlook? Or is this a situation where there's actually still further to fall? Uh, I don't think it can get worse than Monday night. Um, but I also have trouble believing that Garoppolo can be worse than that going forward. Does that make sense? Like, I think that that was probably the bottom. And unless, unless he truly is like physically really struggling in that case, get him out and get someone in there who can throw the ball, preferably O'Connell, the Hoyer thing. No, the Hoyer if, thing. Hoyer, if, if Hoyer gets the job, it's Jover. Like it's, just, jo- it's even more Hoyer. I still would rather see yeah. the, the Jimmy Garoppolo. In there than just Hoyer. forget about everything. Like, I, I do think at that point, like in shallow league, shallower leagues, like 10 team leagues, you, you kind of have to think about, okay, do I have a better option than Myers or Adams? Well, the good news is the next two weeks they're facing the Giants resurgent defense and then the Jets, arguably league best defense. Oh, yeah. The, the, both of those defenses are going to eat up the Raiders. I just want it's everyone. Real, real bad. It's going to get worse before it gets better, and it's never going to get better. So that's great. Yeah, how, by the way, how many they've won three games? When did this yeah. happen? Um, they beat here the Denver Broncos 17-16 in week one. Okay. They beat the Jordan Love-led Green Bay Packers in prime time 17-13. And then they beat oof, Mac Jones and the Patriots. Yikes. 
Um, and then they got boat raced the following week by Tyson Bajant. So it's all evening out. They've lost to Kenny Pickett. They got annihilated by Josh Allen. So uh, anyway, real, real fun team to follow, I'm sure, if you're a fan of them. Yeah, I, I will say from a fantasy perspective, you are starting everyone against the Raiders. Okay? Absolutely like, everyone. Literally anyone that you can jam into your lineup against Vegas, you do it. You can do it. Although, I don't know, it's the Giants. So oh, well. <laughs> it's the Giants this week. Uh, In that case, about that. You, just, you look for other options. Well, so are you comfortable streaming Daniel Jones this week? I don't know if you've looked at the, no. the quarterback rankings, but ooh, uh, the quarterback rankings, you're going to be – decisions will be being made this week. There's going to be big brain decisions being made at quarterback. Right. Because there's maybe eight or nine at most viable quarterbacks. And so just real quick on this Raiders talk, I'm going to take you here. Would you start Daniel Jones against the Las Vegas Raiders or Bryce Young against the Indianapolis Colts? Your favorite Bryce Young. Or Bryce Young? Really? Bryce Young. Wow. Baker Mayfield against the Houston Texans or Daniel Jones? I, I would start Baker as if he's Tom Brady over Daniel Jones. Okay, so I'm assuming you'd start Will Levis then over Daniel Jones. I'd start I, – yes. If you suited up for the Titans, I would start you over Daniel Jones. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, Daniel Jones, uh, he might need a dog-level transplant he, as well. Dan, listen. The whole Daniel Jones thing—that is a—that is a franchise killer. Yeah, and you said it. You said it, not me. I silently agreed. Now, uh, verbally agreed. Uh, <laughs> a franchise killer. Uh, Leonard Fournette. Now, the newest Buffalo Bill. He's only on the practice squad. He'll probably get elevated or whatever the, the nomenclature was. They absolutely can, will not give James Cook more touches, no matter what. He's getting thirteen to fifteen carries and catching two to three passes. Latavius Murray has predictably run his course. Damian Harris never even got on the track, basically. Do you think Leonard Fournette is going to be the Bills' number two running back? And could he be a problem for James Cook, so on and so forth? What? How do you evaluate Lenny and Buffalo? <laughs> yeah, I look, I know all, all of our uh, big-brained best ball bro friends are uh, are thriving now with Leonard Fournette finally. They are, they are thriving. You know, it's, it's a great thing for them. Uh, probably, I mean – I'm not discounting the possibility that Fournette could sort of earn the trust. Look, coaches seem to really, really love Uncle Lenny, okay? Mm -hmm. Like he's a reliable guy. For for whatever his failings are, his shortcomings, coaches tend to overlook that. He tends to get playing time. He's a good pass catcher. He's he he was a PPR slot machine last year or or the, the entire his entire time in Tampa, honestly. So so I'm not discounting that. I will say James Cook has, I think, has played well enough to have the role right now. But Fournette should be rostered in 12-team leagues, I think. I just don't know why the Bills do not expand James Cook's role. And yeah, I don't either. I do. I, my criticism of the Bills is, like, they have to have a real running game. They they need a real running game. And so the running game relative to, like, the me, median running game this year is actually okay. But relative to, like – the kind of teams they're going to play in the playoff. I feel like there's not a big Bills game that doesn't come and go without there being some situation where they just need some conventional rushing, like one series or even just one play. And they don't ever have conventional rushing success. And I think maybe this is an acknowledgement of that. Like, we got to have a real runner. And we got to have yeah. like a real back out there. I, I feel like they're so often let down by the running game. And they either need to just fully commit to James Cook I mean, they keep taking James Cook off the field on so many of the most important plays. Or I don't even know. This is a kind of a pointless rant, actually. <laughs> but uh, I feel like they are—they are the running attack. If this makes sense, 
is maybe better than average. I'm sure statistically it is because of Josh Allen. But like relative, to like the other like the playoff big dogs they're going to be going up against, I think the running game is really, really lacking. Well, I think that the signing shows that they are willing to experiment with someone who is not James Cook. I, I really don't think you make this signing with the intent on like having Fournette play five snaps. Now this week, you know, he could literally see five snaps or zero snaps, depending on how things go, because he's new to the team. You know, Lenny has a history of needing a ramp up period uh, yes. after after some time off. So uh, it could be later in the season. It could I don't know. It could be a month from now where he's actually useful for fantasy purposes. But just, I, I'm not discounting it. Yeah, I can't ever count out Lenny. It's always going to be. I, I really I think the Bills just need to do what they did with Devin Singletary last year and just commit to James Cook to see what happens with the young man. It's like who cares what you think his role is or should be. Um, they need to go full Devin Singletary, James Cook, but they will never quote go full Devin Singletary <laughs> with James Cook. Uh, Matthew Stafford, we're waiting for clarity on his thumb injury. It's the clarity. He could be, he could play Friday. He could practice Friday or he could be out six weeks. Yeah. Sean McVay is com- competitive advantaging really, really hard with Matthew Stafford's thumb injury. They tried to sign John Walford, uh, then in extremely down bad fashion, he decided to remain with the Bucks. Real, real bad stuff, grim stuff for the Rams. This is kind of like Kirk Cousins' light where Matthew Stafford was not producing fantasy value for himself, uh, but supporting a lot of fantasy options out there. The the Rams have the Packers this week, then they're by in week 10. Even if it's just one game without Matthew Stafford, like how bad is this for the Rams' offense? Like can Puka Nakua remain in the top 24, essentially, if Matthew Stafford misses a game? With uh, Brett Rippon under center, Rippen, is that what you're Brett saying? Rippen. Yes, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Uh, Man. Yeah, I, I actually one thing that I feel like the mainstream media is not talking about. So we at NBC, but we'll talk about this. The Rams are 20th in pass rate over expected. Okay, that has dropped pre- precipitously since week two or three. Okay, like That's a lot they of courage are, trying to say that word live on air. By the way, yeah, I said it beautifully. Precipitously. I can't say uh, it. I, I just don't even try to say it on the podcast. So <laughs> there you go. I, I took a chance. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you look at recent games, uh, minus 3%, uh, pass rate over expected minus eight, zero percent. So, uh, you know, I think that trend, a backup quarterback being in, we could see a very, very conservative Rams offense and maybe rightfully so. Um, it's, it's huge. It's a huge issue for Nakua and, and Cooper cup. You know, I will say Rippin, I think Rippin targeted Cup on 50% of his throws last week. So that, that is something to kind of file away. And that is, well, I think, the real big problem for Puka Nakua. Like Matthew Stafford is a veteran. He's good enough where he can walk and chew gum at the same time and basically spread targets between two really good players. Where the classic backup quarterback thing, they, they always got to lock on to somebody. And as good as Puka Nakua has been, I don't know why it would be Puka Nakua over Cooper Cup. And I, Cooper Cup's target share, I think, will go up without Matthew. I mean, it's hard for it to go up. But I think it will go up without Matthew Stafford. And then Puka just is in trouble. And I also, even though the Rams' running game has gotten worse, I feel like now Sean McVay is kind of behaving as if, like, listen, these guys are all replacement level or sub-replacement level, but he's behaving as if he has, like, infinite running back touches at his disposal now. Yeah. Let's get 15 to Daryl Henderson this half, 15 to Royce Freeman this half. Maybe Zach Evans will actually play this weekend. We'll give them eight to ten. Where yeah, Puka, even if four teams on by, will probably be outside the top twenty-four for me. 
It's a really tough break, really tough break for Puka Nakua for sure. By the way, we, we do have some some breaking news here. Chase Young uh, dealt to the 49ers about 20 minutes before the trade wow. deadline. Uh, it's actually an hour and 20 minutes for the trade. An hour and 20 minutes. That's, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> what are the commanders doing? So they just, they're just they they're not going to try at all? Well, I, yeah. I, so I, I actually do think there is there is some you know fantasy fallout, to use a, a torture term. No, there uh, is. Yeah, Play it on us. for for this. So the commanders they dealt uh, uh, sweat Montez sweat Montez sweat to the Bears for second round pick. They and then they deal young to the uh, Niners. I, I think that they that defense is going to be quite bad. Okay, it's already even, bad. Right, even with sweat and young, they are bad. Uh, they they have nothing in the secondary. Nothing. I mean, they probably they have a bottom five secondary generously. Now they have no pass rush, basically. Uh, I think that this could be a team that you pick on from fantasy for, for fantasy purposes. Okay. So like this week, maybe the Patriots have a slightly better matchup than you think. Um, and then also it, it probably will force Sam Howell and the offense to be super pass heavy, continue to be super pass heavy. I should say. That's what I have to say. So I think the big takeaway is it just locks in this, these insane pass rates over expected right. of the commanders and that they maybe could get even more lopsided, which Hard to believe, but I mean, Eric Bieniemy is in his bag right now with Sam Howell. Anyway, like letting him this guy throw, he's basically seems like he's treating Sam Howell like a science experiment, and it's kind of working. Uh, and I, I think it's pretty good news for Sam Howell, and that we're either going to get like just true shootouts or true nonstop comeback game script, which for a guy who takes sacks, garbage time is a very double-edged sword right because then the other team can pin back their ears and just tee off on you with the pass rush and uh, that's kind of a weakness for mr sam howell as we know but it could be it could be like careful what you wish for yeah but the passing they're going to be passing a lot every week and and i think that volume uh going forward will be very good obviously primarily for terry mclaurin but could also trickle down to guys like dotson like uh, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas is out there just just being a PPR scam. No one's oh, yeah. noticing. You know, I, I started him in one league last week. I look at the scoreboard. Oh, he scored 17 points. What do you know? Uh, so I, I do think that there is there is some major fantasy ramifications for the commander saying we're we're out on the 2023 season. Yeah, Logan Thomas has been passing fake checks. If you yeah, don't, yes. don't know what a check is, uh, look it up. I can't. What, what's even like the digital equivalent of passing a fake check? Uh, I, um. Uh, trading a fake uh, NFT? No. no. Uh, yeah, I guess he's like stealing stuff from someone in the wallet or something. Stealing a, stealing a monkey. Um, steal, yeah, stealing the board apes. My um, apes. My all my apes gone. <laughs> um, sorry to the people who did lose their apes. I <laughs> really actually am sorry. You probably lost a lot of money, yeah, and uh, you maybe sold a bill of goods. Scams, Denny. Will Levis is he a scam or? Will Levis, man, this guy passed the eye test is all I can say against the Falcons. And what I really liked about Will Levis in his deep passing game on Sunday. So speaking of scams, the Ryan Tannehill deep ball is a scam. <laughs> his yards for attempt were pretty high for a while in Tennessee. Like he would hit deep balls, but it was always with like the most elaborate play fake or most yes. methodical play action you ever see. Not true deep passing. No, 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 no. It was, it was, it was, it was like four fakes yes. and a, and, and a triple reverse toss back to Tannehill. That that's what it would take. 
Levis. Well, Levis is just dropping back and throwing the ball deep like he's like John Elway or Dan Marino in 1992, like actually throwing the ball deep. Levis is is fading away, throwing it 45 yards in the air. Yes. He does not care how high the safeties are not too damn high. (laughs) Will Levis, especially with his shoulder. He did two amazing, like Ben Roethlisberger type shoulder fakes. Those are good. Uh, He was doing like all sorts of stuff with his eyes and shoulders. And yeah, the safeties were not too damn high. He can actually throw the ball deep. If Will Levis looks even remotely good against the Steelers, do you think there's any chance we see Ryan Tannehill again this season? I, I, I don't. I don't. And, but but you have to be prepared for Mike Vrabel to say, yes, Ryan's a starter. Ryan's a starter. He's going to say 150 times until it's time for Ryan to start, and he's not going to start. I call him Ryan. Yeah, the, the, all of a sudden, the, the ankle sprain will be much higher uh, when right. it's time to announce right. him as the starter. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I do want to say, though, that Will Levis's production last week, I know I'm not calling it fluky. I am calling it, I'll say volatile. Okay. It's full, full of variance because folks, he threw uh, over 20 yards in the air on almost 30% of his pass attempts last week. Okay. That led. It was 1992. It was 1977 with Will Levis, like stuff that just doesn't happen in the modern. So that was eight, eight of his, eight of his uh, 28 attempts were uh, over 20 yards downfield. He completed three for 141 and three touchdowns. Okay. So it really worked out. It really worked out. And in that kind of deep passing should be good for fantasy for somebody. I just, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be very predictable. I think there will be very frustrating weeks unless, unless his passing profile changes in the coming weeks. And it could. It's almost as if teams should get over the idea that the only efficient passing is short passes where you're guaranteed a four yard completion or maybe you should throw over 20 yards 10 times and then complete three of them and have three field flipping plays and actual big plays. And then maybe you've lulled yourself into like a stupor with the short yeah. passing game. I, I I do think that that's happening. I think it could also be like a temper tantrum uh, from, from offensive uh, decision makers being like, okay, you're going to play too high. Well, we're going to check it down to the tight end 25 times a game. How do you yeah, like that? That's true. And the defenses are like, fine. Yeah, that's good. But you're seeing ever like a, the tiniest microcosm first of why like a lot of the passing stats from the seventies and eighties and nineties lie. Like, yeah, they were completing 52% of their passes. It's because uh, they were actually passing the ball and weren't just throwing it to Zach or it's four yards from the head of the line of scrimmage every play. That's the whole offense. In, in in today's game, the whole offense is is four yard checkdowns to Zach Ertz in every uh, every team. You you want to hear the most boomer rant for me imaginable? I do think it's funny. Like I feel like two or three times a year, like Zoom or Twitter is like pulls up John Elway's Pro Football Reference. Like he was bad. Like what the hell? What the hell are these stats? No, I'm serious. Like uh, he was terrible. He wasn't efficient. He barely had more time. Like. Yeah, dude, it's like the game was totally different. Yeah, it really was. It really was. I mean, I'm no, I'm no Troy Aikman apologist, but the that that game was very different in the early '90s. And yes, oh yeah, stats, the Zoomers like once a week decide Troy Aikman was bad. I mean, his his stats stink. I understand he looks like a plumber if you look at the stats, but but it was a way tougher environment for quarterbacks. Way tougher. Like you could hit them. Okay, yeah, you <laughs> could hit them. Yeah, I mean, you could you could hit the crap out of them. Like like there were there was no limitations. Like yeah. you guys could actually pick you up. Look at Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon got picked up 
and body slammed to the ground. And there was they no probably penalty. flagged Jim McMahon then. And there was no penalty. <laughs> I mean, the guy like they tried to kill Jim McMahon, and it was fine. So that so that that it's this totally different atmosphere. You could hit the quarterback, and they were actually expected to throw twenty five yards downfield without a play fake. Like they were expected to stand in the pocket and like wait and then throw the ball. Like it was just, just so get, it just so gets wallowed. You just, just get totally wallowed. get wallowed. I mean, you would have to – the guys back then would have to step into a hit, right? So you stand, 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 wait, wait, wait. You throw it. You stand. You step into it, and the guy hits you in the ribs, and you have five broken ribs, and you have to keep – You should even – even the Zoomers, even like the greatest show on turf from like the early 2000s, you should check some of that. Like Kurt Warner, like Mike Martz, like it's a 15-step drop, and oh. then you got to like wait. Uh, until all seven pass rushers are home, and then you're allowed to release the ball. <laughs> and it was always like a 52-yard completion to Torrey Holt, but then he would have like five guys just missile right into his ribs every single play. Oh and it was a 52-yard touchdown every time. Yeah, But I can't say uh, the trade-off was worth it. No, it, and it really was a 15-step drop. Sometimes. No, it was, almost without exaggeration. It was like a 15-step <laughs> drop. Uh, Jay Cutler and Mike Mars, that was kind of the end of the 15-step step drop era. Uh, we digress. That was quite a digression. Yeah. John Taylor, <laughs> Denny. Um, I sat in disbelief that he had 95 yards in the opening play of the second half in my 100-yard bonus league where I'm like, say what you will about Jonathan Taylor. He's going to get me 100 yards today. <laughs> and then uh, he, they went 28 snaps without giving him the ball to end the game. What in God's name happened? My theory to Kyle is that maybe it's some like weird like baseball pitch count thing almost like he's got 30 plays today and then they just gave him all 30 of his plays in the first half i don't even know what else makes sense unless it was an injury what is your theory of what happened with jonathan taylor and how do we internalize that heading into week nine i mean that's as good a guess as any as is hey he's he's on a pitch count and the team is totally committed it doesn't matter if he was going to go off for 250 yards it doesn't it doesn't matter that he was gashing the whoever saints saints defense uh that was my game so i do remember uh and, and he was gashing the saints defense time after time after time and he had 60 66 yards rushing in like in like, with like four five plays in the first quarter yeah yeah so so he was on his way to a huge day i like i like i told you on the sunday review show like it's unfortunate but zach moss has been really good zach moss is leading the entire nfl in rushing yards since week two since week two what? so he so he wasn't so Zach Moss wasn't active week one, and and uh, what's his name for the Colts had the single worst running back outing in Deion history. Jackson, I believe. Deion Jackson. It was so bad that they had to actually part ways with him like immediately after. Okay, um, and so Zach Moss comes in, he's leading the league, and and his and his metrics look amazing across the board. Okay, like they, like he has done nothing wrong. And I know you, you hate as a Jonathan Taylor uh, drafter, you hate that. Okay. I do. But but it is it is what it is. And I, I don't see a scenario where they're like, okay, now it's Taylor domination season. Like I think that Moss, as long as he's healthy, stays in the mix. He just got one of those new temporary Twitter handles. Zach Moss did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Taylor I st- famous last words. I, I still just don't see how the role doesn't continue to grow. The package doesn't grow. And with four teams on by, I've got him initially in the top 10. Is that like heartbreak city waiting to happen for me, Denny? I see. The thing is it's against the Panthers, by the way, one of the softest run defenses in the league. Yes. And the, and 
I think Moss and Taylor are startable in 12 team leagues. Um, top 10 is, is a little generous just because I think Moss, you know, Moss continues to get the short yardage stuff, including goal line work. And that is really devastating for Taylor's upside. Like Taylor could have a game here where he goes over a hundred yards, does not score a touchdown. You know, it's very, very true. And I, I totally agree with you that both are startable this week. Gardner Minshew has been, he's been, he's been a hero really for what the Colts need, but out of control also. And against the oh. team with this bad of a run defense, I think we're looking at like a 20 attempt Gardner Minshew game and just feeding Taylor and Zach Moss. So, so yeah, Minshew has 13 turnover worthy plays over the past three games. No one else has more than eight. No one <laughs> that, that scans from watching them. That definitely scans. 13. I mean, last, last week against new Orleans, honestly, uh, he should have had five interceptions. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> still getting over my, my <laughs> chest infection. Uh, was, yeah. I'm sorry for your infection. Uh, I think he had five turnovers against the Browns. Maybe it was four. Uh, could have easily been more. He, he's lately laying it all out there. He's leaving it all on the field. He is. He is. <laughs> he, he had a throw to Drew Ogletree, the tight end, in the back of the end zone into like double or triple coverage. That honestly, there are maybe three other quarterbacks in the league who would attempt that throw. Okay. And all of them have double the arm uh, strength yes. that Gardner Minshew has. Okay. Like, like it's Josh Allen, it's Mahomes, it's Herbert. That's about it. Like those are the only three guys who would try that throw. And M- Minshew is like, I'm doing it. Screw it. He's exuding major second team, all pro in 1991 energy where like you pull up his pro football reference, like, Gardner Minshew had 22 touchdowns and 19 interceptions, and he was a second team All Pro in 1991. Like, what was going on back yeah, then? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, he's just playing the game like it was meant to be played. The Cardinals they traded Josh Dobbs, then he Kyler Murray's practice windows over this week, so they're going to activate him. It's being really cagey about they're they're going to start him or Clayton Tune. I think trading Josh Dobbs is a sign they're going to start him because now Kyler has to be active this week. You know, Kyler's going to be active. Are you really starting Clayton Toon? I mean, they could quite plausibly spin it that we want him to be the backup this week, but we don't want him to get devoured by the Browns or whatever. Not that they would even say that publicly. No, they wouldn't. Yeah. But I guess he might. What do you think is going to happen? Who's the start for the Cardinals this week? And then what effect is Kyler Murray going to have when he finally takes over in week 10 at the latest? Uh, things looking up for Marquise Brown and Trey McBride? Or are we going to get like hyper-conservative offenses? What do you think is going to happen under center in Arizona? Well, I, th- I think Arizona's defense is so bad that the, whoever is quarterback is going to have to, you know, play in a lot of negative game scripts. So, I, I mean, I would think unless Kyler is really just not like fully recovered from his injury or like is going to have to shake a lot of rust off. I think that he's a pretty clear upgrade over Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs has that dog. He gave it his all. Okay. But he has limitations. Okay. He, he made a couple throws last week that were unbelievably bad. Like they um, were, I like, you can't actually believe a pro quarterback could make that throw. And so I, I don't, I don't think that Kyler Murray is going to be making those throws. And, 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 you know, Hey, Kyler likes checking down too. So it could continue to be Trey McBride season. Uh, James Connor, when he comes back, could see a million targets. It could be fine. It could be fine for a few guys in this offense. I am fascinated with Kyler to really start to get to the bottom of, was this all Cliff Kingsbury or was some of it Kyler with the horizontal raid? Yes, and yes. Cliff is a very convenient scapegoat for that. Probably is the scapegoat for that. But I just wouldn't be shocked if some of the horizontal raid was Kyler Murray all along. 
And that even though he has a good looking deep ball, if maybe he's got a bit of Daniel Jones syndrome where he just does not like to do it. And he's a check down mm-hmm. guy. So I, I am interested to see where Cliff Kingsbury ends and Kyler Murray begins, but almost zero chance. He's not, not just an upgrade on Josh Dobbs, but a considerable upgrade. And that the targets floors, target floors were nice with Josh Dobbs, but there might actually be ceiling every once in a while for Marquise Brown now. Yes. And, uh, it would be very, very well, nice. It could, it could, it could actually help us convert Marquise Brown air yards into actual yards that you can use in fantasy leagues, which would be nice. Finally, have gotten a fire started in my stove with those air yards. <laughs> my fans keep them warm. You just had to keep keep rubbing. Just kept rubbing, keep rubbing. Michael Wilson, by the way, be really nice to see if Kyle Murray can do anything with him. Uh, I just wrote Pop Douglas on the show sheet. Kendrick Bourne yeah. out for the year with a torn ACL. Devontae Parker, concussed, not doing anything. Hunter Henry, not doing anything. Juju Smith-Schuster looks like he should be inactive. Like, I don't don't even think he can, like, move. He looks like he should be an active or an injured reserve. Seems like a lot of targets are coming Pop Douglas's way. Yeah. Seven in week eight is most since week one. He's a really small guy. Can we get excited about Pop Douglas, basically, in this Patriots offense? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he can. Uh, by the way, his name is Demario Douglas, for those it is, uh, yes. unfamiliar with um, a deep league stash like, like Douglas. But anyway, he led the team last week with an 85% route rate. Um, lots of shorts targets. His, his, uh, average depth of target was seven. Um, like you said, led, led in targets, led in receptions. The, the, the second, uh, leading route runner in this offense last week was Jalen Rager. So I, I do think that there will be no choice, but to kind of force the ball to Douglas, which is sounds weird, but you know, Hey, in this role, uh, Kendrick Bourne was seeing a lot of short area targets, so we could see a scammy situation bubble up for Douglas, I think. Kendrick Bourne is the Patriots' best receiver for two years, and yes. they finally just acknowledged it like three weeks ago. It's such such a bummer that he's yeah, gone down for the year. Yeah. They've loved – so his name is Demario, but they call him Pop for some reason. It is very confusing. I think in our CMS we still have him as Demario. Well, sometimes we put pop. Uh, <laughs> they've loved the beat writers been talking about him since like July. Yeah. So he didn't like come out of nowhere. He's definitely worth an ad um, this week um, off the waiver yeah. wire. Yeah, I know. I, I think, you know, 12 teams where you can start three or four receivers or have like multiple flex spots. You're feeling pretty good about throwing Douglas yeah. in there right now because they don't have anyone else. Forget about Juju, by the way, forget about him. Like, like he's not, it's not going to be like, okay, Bourne's gone. So now they have to throw it to Juju. They don't have to. No. I trust me. No, and this they can't. I don't. I don't. Still, I don't think he can move. I really no, don't no, think he can move. No. By the way, the Vikings have confirmed Jaron Hall as their Week Nine starter. Yikes! Oh wow. Well. Nevertheless, Never, nevertheless, never owned there. Uh, whoa, that's bad news for Jordan Addison. Real, real bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it makes him like almost not startable. Real, real bad. Yeah, I would start T.J. Hawkinson against the Falcons this week. Jordan Addison might not be in the top thirty-six anymore. Uh, getting close to the end of the show. The Bears' backfield, strange situation. Hopeless mission, really, with Tyson Bajant against the Chargers. The mission does not get any easier in Week 10 against the team they are playing. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. I'm trying yeah, to get oh, up. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Bear, Bears, are, Bears are playing the uh, Saints. The New Orleans Saints, Denny. Uh, Roshan Johnson took over the snap lead again, but real, real ugly committee. Uh, can we start either Roshan Johnson or Deontay Foreman? Anything interesting in the underlying data with those two in week nine? And Khalil Herbert will be back from injured reserve soon. 
Tyson Bajan already announced as a starter, though. Any of these guys? Well, know. honestly, th- this is more of a three-way committee, backfield committee, than than it is a, a two-way because Darrington Evans is in the mix here. Uh, if you look at the route running data from last week against the Chargers, you have Roshan at thirty percent of the routes, Darrington Evans at twenty-one percent, and Deontay Foreman at eighteen percent. Uh, they they split up. They split up a nice role. Honestly, they split up ten targets among them. So. If you could concentrate all that into one, it would be nice, but we don't have that. I honestly, the way that the Bears offense operates, the light, the the likelihood that they'll be chasing points again, I just I think that you can fade this backfield for now because nobody is going to get a fantasy viable workload. Yeah, I think you just laid it out perfectly. Where they're both in like that RB, like kind of like Netherland of like 28 to not nether, yeah. but nether world uh, <laughs> nether. Anyway, they're in kind of no man's land yeah like the rb 30 to 40 range and you can tie break against these bears running backs for all the reasons you just laid out very last player i wanted to ask you about three straight weeks Rasheed rice of at least four catches for 56 yards he's getting some end zone looks he's popping a big play every week can't get over the targets hump the snaps and routes have increased though potential shootout with the dolphins do we see a next step coming for Rasheed Rice or just more of the same for Rasheed Rice? A very trendy player yeah. people keep asking us about. So I, I'm actually he's, – he's in the regression files, and I'm not sure which section I'm going to put him in because, <laughs> because, okay, like if you assume more routes, he could go off, okay? But he's just – they're just not forcing the issue there. He, he only ran 58% last week. He's been around 50% or, or lower for most of the season. So I, I think that it's a big assumption to say, okay, like the Chiefs will definitely bump him up to 75 or 80%. I, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. He is he is being targeted. He's kind of the, the Kadarius Tony situation. He's being targeted on 29% of his routes, which is really strong. Okay. It's it's right, uh, uh, it's right below Travis Kelsey in that in that KC offense. Uh so I, I think he's startable, but um, I actually don't think that he's that, like he has any ceiling at all. He's a, like a, I think a safe PPR play. It is frustrating because there there is a scenario where the ceiling does come. Yeah, against the Chiefs, they have they have to keep pruning this rotation, start trying to give someone some runway to take off. But I think he's laid it out that more likely than not, for now, is the status quo for at least a few more weeks with Rasheed Rice. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at uh, air yards, um, you know, MVS and Justin Watson are still devouring all the air yards. Sky Moore is being, I'm, I'm sorry, Sky Moore is sort of splitting some of the underneath stuff with Rice. Rice has been way better with his opportunity, but um, the the role the role is is not the best, I would say. It was a jump scare when I saw Justin Watson playing in week. I was like, I thought this guy was hurt. And he's just yeah. out there, not hurt as usual, yeah. and gobbling up routes, gobbling up air yards. Yeah. Very dire stuff. I mean, nothing Very else. Dire. No, no real, no real. No, nothing real. real. But he doesn't even want real stuff. He, to me, that's like to him, that's like his job. <laughs> yes, sir. I will do this cardio for you. He's in good shape. Make sure he is in very, very good shape. We're in good shape. The show's over. We were out of topics. Denny's regression files. They're dropping on Wednesday. That's right. My rankings are dropping on Thursday. Always very interested to see who's in Denny's article. What a trade fallout in rotorworld.com. So much injury news this week. I, the quarterback situation this oh. week is just, a, it's seriously stunning. 
it, it's not good for the league. No, it's not good for the league. Here, starting this, here's starting from QB twenty this week and going down to QB twenty eight. PJ Walker, Taylor Heineke slash Desmond Ritter, Jimmy Garoppolo, Zach Wilson, Mitch Trubisky, Bet, Brett Rippon, Tyson Bagent, Jaron Hall, Clayton Tune. Um, so keep a lot to road around. That's the that's the scariest thing I'm going to hear all Halloween. Gonna <laughs> be a lot of injury news this week. So for Denny Carter, I am Patrick Darty. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Thursday.